0: I uh, thought, you know what? I'm going to find some place in the Bible where they're talking about this, and Daniel's going to be the person. So, if you want to get ahead on what's happening next week, Daniel chapter nine. Uh, for right now, we're going to be in First uh, John chapter four. Uh, when we're done with First John, I think we're going to try the book of Habakkuk. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. So, anyway, that's enough being said. Give you the time to find First John in your Bible if you're going to turn there. You know, we've all said the words "I love you," but have we always meant it? We've all heard the words "I love you," but have we always believed it? You know one thing that's really cool about little kids is that they are so easy to believe it uh It doesn't matter what you've done to them, it doesn't matter what they've gone through in life. If you tell them that they love that you love them, they're going to believe you because they haven't lived long enough. they haven't been jaded by what do people mean if they if they say they really do love them. The older we get, the more we realize that saying the words I love you doesn't always mean what we think when we say I love you. Uh, people can say I love you for lots of different reasons. I can say I love you because I really do. I love you. I care about you. I tell my wife that. Uh, we have a special connection, and I really mean it when I say I love you. Hopefully, kids, after church you tell your grandparents I love you and you really mean it. Hopefully, spouses, you've said that to each other in the, in the last week that said it, I love you. Uh, but people can say I love you in order to get something. Uh, from somebody else, I can say it because I want intimacy. Because you have something that I want, such as a gift, uh, or because I, I want you to look favorably on me. Because I tell you these emotions, or sometimes people can just say it as a return answer. I say I love you, and or you say you love me. So I feel like I got to tell you I love you back. And I've done that before. I don't know if my wife knows the story or not, but uh, when I was in the second grade, going to the third grade, my mom worked at a uh, a head start there's like a summer school of some sort and the first day of school. There's some girl some blonde-haired girl named Sean That gave me a love note. I didn't even know who it was for sure uh, And I I know but she wrote this really nice love note and guess what I did when I went home I wrote her a love note. I had to tell her I loved her too not even sure who she was and had I realized it it would have been the brunette sitting next to her would have been the one that I would have wrote I love you to. But anyway, so we can say I love you just because somebody else is saying it to me. Uh, and you know what, if you feel like somebody's telling you that they love you and you don't really believe it, how do you feel about that? It makes you kind of unsure, kind of like don't tell me that uh, because I don't want to be duped. I don't want to be tricked into believing something that's not really true. And so accepting these words can be difficult to hear. And I think sometimes people look at life and they say, God loves me, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I want you tell me all the time, Pastor Josh, that God loves me, well, look at what's going on in my life, and I you know what, I don't know if I believe that. And I think the world out there that when we tell them Jesus loves them, they get that whole same view because how do I know Jesus loves me because of what is going on. So we're gonna be looking at today a little bit about how, at God's love and look at the difference between God's love and man's love and and the, the, the qualities that we're going to be looking at or what we're going to be looking at about God's love is first is that when you have God's love you have a love that you can rely on you have a love because God is always going to love you he's always going to be there he's not going to waver uh, God's love is not going to come and go based off of situations like it might in our situation You have a love that gives you confidence. Uh, You can look forward to meeting Jesus someday because you know you have that relationship. And you have a love that you can ultimately live and share with other people. Because that outside world needs to see that God's love is real and reliable and genuine. And that it's life changing in order for them to want it themselves. So that's what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, 1 John chapter 4 verses 13 to 21 uh, please bear with me as I read this. I know it's a little bit bigger section to get through, but I like to give kind of a flow of thought uh, as, as so you know where we're going. And some of this you're going to recognize before I even say it. 1 John chapter 4, verses 13 to 21. It says, We know that we live in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have a confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this passage of scripture. God, it's, it's so simple, and yet it's so profound. Uh, I don't even bring out everything God did. It's possible from this passage. I just pray that, God, what I do share is from you. And anything else, God, that we need to hear, I pray that you would speak it to us, loud and clear, even apart from what I say. God, I just pray that you give me your words and the clarity of speech and thought so that this message comes out as, as you want it to. Help us to understand that we have a love from you that we can rely on, that we can be confident, and that you want to share with others. I pray to in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the, the difference, you know, God's love is different from man's love. You know, man's love is, can fluctuate. It can change. It can be based off of how I respond. It can be based off my situation, which I have to, I'm going to boast here a little bit and brag a little bit here. Because uh, a lot of times I'll put myself down and say, you know what, I did not show love uh, based off of my situation. Uh, but the past three days, I've been dealing with a plumbing problem in my kitchen sink. Uh, it's not a major thing. It's not something that I said, hey, I've got to get somebody else to do. I, I look at this and say I should be able to do this. That's so why I keep working on this. And normally, what happens when that happens? When my, my, my sink has problems or life goes awry, I want to respond to the people that I say I love based off of my situation. When, when life's falling apart, I have a shorter temper. I'm not as, as gentle. I'm not as patient. God has helped me to do that. But God, God does, God's love isn't like that. He doesn't say, you know what, a lot of people got saved today, and so I'm excited and I'm happy, so I'm going to show you extra love. He didn't say, look Josh, you're having a bad attitude, Josh, you you screwed up multiple times today, and so now I'm going to jump on you. He doesn't look and say, look at this chaotic world, and so I'm going to take all my frustration out on people. God's love is consistent. God's love is not bipolar. He doesn't go like this, like people tend to do, based off of their emotion. this is how they respond. God's love is consistent. It's God's love is uh, reliable. God's love is the same at all times. And when you have God's love in your life, when you experience God's love, the first thing is you have a love that you can rely on. Verses 14 through 16. It says, And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. This love that we, God has given to us is something that we can rely on. Now, how many people here, we all understand, you know, uh, what the word rely on means. How many people here, when you uh, got into your car, you were nervous about it starting this morning? You just hopped in and said, here it's going to go. How many of you people, when you were going to sit down and a few, said, you know what? Why don't you sit in it, honey? You sit there first before I do and make sure that it's okay. How many of you, when you go home today to watch the football game, is going to, are going to think twice about that TV turning on? You may not be able to rely on the Dallas Cowboys or the Seahawks or whoever. <laughs> but you're going to rely and have confidence that that TV is going to turn on. And that's, those are pretty reliable things, but God's love is even more reliable. At some point, my car is not going to let me down. At some point in history, these benches are not going to hold anybody at some point, that TV is going to go poof, and I'm not going to have anything to watch. God's love is a lot more reliable than those kinds of things that we put our faith and confidence in every day. And John is telling these people that he, he, he wants to motivate them and encourage them that this isn't love that's fluctuating like people. This is consistent love that you can rely on. Uh, the first thing we're going to see is that uh, God demonstrated this love. First John chapter 4, verses 9-10, nine through nine and ten, it says, This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Did anybody here ask God to die on the cross for them? Did any, was anybody there when He did that? So when did God do this? When did Jesus come and die on the cross? before we even knew it existed, before we knew Jesus was there, God says, I'm going to demonstrate, I'm going to show you what true love is by coming to this earth and dying on the cross to pay for your sins. God demonstrated this love for us. So this is the love that God demonstrated. This is the love that we can receive. First uh, John chapter 4, verse 16. Um, and so we would know and we rely on the love God has for us. This is love that we can know. This is love that we can experience. That we can have confidence in. And Jesus did it. He, uh, he, he came to this earth. He came to the cross. i got to go over why He did that. Why did He do that? He loved us. But why did He need to demonstrate this love? Because we are all sinners. We have all lied. We've all lusted. We've all cheated. We've all stole. We've all done something wrong. And because we've sinned, the Bible says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death." I'm going to die physically. I'm going to die eternally in hell forever. But God in Romans 5.8 demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, if I, was a, if I, if I looked at somebody like my kids, when they're being great kids, and they're, they're, they're doing their chores and their homework and everything without asking them, it's real easy to say, you know what? Here's some extra game time. Here it's easy to give them a hug. It's real easy to have fun with my kids. But when they're honoring, when they're fighting, if their room isn't clean after three times of telling them, do I want to go easily demonstrate love to them? No. I want to yell at them. Right? Like, come on, get it through your head. You're 14, you're 11, you've done this your whole life. While I was still a sinner, when I could care less about God, he said, I'm going to demonstrate that love. That's how great this love is. It wasn't based off of what I was going to do or what I was doing, it was based off of God's love for me. And if I ask Jesus, if I Romans ten nine, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved. And then God wants me to share that with other people. But it was that good news that He said, Josh, you need a savior. I'm going to be the Savior that you need. God gave us a love that we can receive. And God gave us um and I want to go back, I want to go, uh, I really like the way Steve read that in his Bible today. Uh, Romans 8, chapter 35 to 39, about how great this love is. This isn't a passing love, this isn't a, a second grader just writing out these words because some girl gave him these things. This is a genuine uh, love, that, a lasting love that God has for us. Romans eight thirty-five says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword We go through those kinds of things and we feel like God doesn't love us anymore or He has never loved us. Verse 36 says, For for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. And verse 37 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. I'm convinced that death isn't going to make God stop loving me, nor life, nor the angels, nor the demons, nor whatever happens in the present or the future nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. It's that great. Nothing is going to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the kind of love that we rely on. That's the kind of love that God demonstrated. That's the kind of love that we can receive. This kind of love, uh, it's a love that we can't, like I said, we just said we rely on the same verse, verse, uh, verse 16. It says, so we know and we rely on the love that God has for us. Uh, it's, it's a love that God's going to consistently give us. You know, you think about the last time you screwed up for the umpteenth time. You can still rely on that love. God still loves you in spite of what you did for the umpteenth time. When you had the opportunity to share the gospel, when you had the opportunity to stand for Jesus or to do something that God asked you to do and you didn't do it, God's love is still reliable. He's still going to love you in spite of that. Uh, When you've walked away from God, you know, for for the past 20 years or for the last three days or for a lifetime, it's not too late. God's love is still reliable. He still loves you. Think about the prodigal son who came home. The father was out waiting for him. That's the way God is. He still loves us even if we're a 1,000 miles away from him. Uh, there's a Petra song that says it's only one step back. All you've got to do is take one step towards Jesus, and he's right there because he loves you that much. It's a love that you can rely on. It's a love that you can um, trust, that you can put your confidence in. And that's point number two. You have a love from God that gives you confidence. Verses 17 to 18. It says, in this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world we are like Him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. This confidence that we we have from God's love is that we can stand before God someday, and it's all going to be okay. Uh, The word confidence means free and fearless confidence, cheerful courage. You know that's, this is why in 1 Corinthians 15:55, this is what Paul can say: World death is your victory. World death is your sting. Yep, I'm going to die. It's it's not really going. It's going to hurt a little bit, but not much because I know where I'm going, and I know everybody who loves Jesus and is trusting Him as their Savior is going to go too. It's going to be sad for a moment, but there's no lasting victory for death. It only it won a little battle, but it did not win the war. Who wouldn't want that? Right, if you're going to stand before God, don't you want to be excited? Don't you want to have courage? Uh, you know, don't you, when you go to the doctor, hopefully you don't ever do this, but you go to the doctor and he says, you know what, Josh, you have some kind of terminal cancer. Do you want to be afraid of dying? Or do you want to have courage and confidence? Uh, when the COVID-19 flares up again and it's, it's impacting our whole world and everybody's putting on their mask and they're scared to death of, of getting something, which... Fine, go ahead. I have nothing against that. But when the whole world's doing that, don't you want to be like, okay, I got my mask on. If I die, I die. If I don't, I mean, there's there's a lot of times people just have this view that when I go, it's going to be God's time. Don't you want to have confidence that, okay, I'm going to die. I'm going to meet God. It's going to be okay. Uh, or, or just, you know, some people just want, worry their whole life about, I know I'm going to die at some point. You know, it's a scary road. I might dry, die while I'm driving. Um, I'm going to the doctor. He might tell me something. Uh, I'm going out hunting. I just don't know what's out there Who wants to feel afraid about death? You know, I could say um, I I I can understand the fear of how I'm going to die. You know, I don't I don't look forward to the pain I of of dying You know if I have to burn to death or if I get shot or if I have a heart attack me a heart attack is a big deal Because it's happening inside of me, and I can't do anything about it I could be afraid of the pain, but I don't have to be afraid of standing before God. That's the kind of love that God gives that He wants us to have confidence in. And He, I, he wants you to have that kind of confidence. And I know people do. I, I feel like I'm that kind of confident person. I'm, I'm not excited about the, uh, the, the, the process of death, but I'm not afraid to stand before God. And God wants us all to have that kind of confidence. If you want that kind of confidence that when you die, it's all going to be okay, here's the two things that you need to do. The first is, and we find in Romans 5.1, is therefore since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to make peace with God because we are enemies of God right now, unless we know Jesus. The world out there that doesn't know Jesus, they can be rightly afraid to meet God. Because they have not made things right with God by trusting Jesus as their Savior. So that's the first thing that we need to do if we want to have confidence in standing before God. The second thing we need to do is that we need to live in love. It says, uh, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. And then it goes on to talk about this confidence. If we are living in love, then we can have confidence Uh, to stand before God. You know, before we get into that, I just want to uh, give you a picture. My wife and I, we tell each other we love each other, and we have confidence in that. Uh, Why do we do that? Because we didn't just say one time at the altar, hey, honey, I love you, and then that's it for the rest of our life. Uh, We try to have coffee dates in the morning or at some point during the day. Uh, we, We send each other text messages from time to time, or we'll call each other or we'll try to make time apart from the kids to be together. And so we are always developing this relationship. And so we don't, have, we don't have any worries. I'm not afraid Leslie's going to leave me, and she's not afraid I'm going to leave her, because we have a living and active, vibrant relationship. And that's the same as it is with God. If we're loving, living in love with God, we're not going to have anything about, to be afraid of, because we have this relationship with Him. If I'm spending time reading God's Word, and I'm praying, and I'm, I'm doing what God's asking me to do, I have this living and active relationship, I have nothing to fear if I'm going to stand before God. It's going to be a welcoming home. You know, because the Bible says, Blessed in the sight of God is the death of His saints. It's just a welcome home. There's nothing for that person who knows Jesus, who's walking with Jesus, to have anything to be afraid of when they're going to stand before God. <clears throat> God's love, and man's fear cannot go coexist. You know, I, uh, if I'm, if I'm think about from a, a parent and kid perspective, if my kid is afraid that I'm always going to love him or yell at him every time he sees me, and I'm always going to pick on him, how much confidence is he going to have in our relationship? He's not going to feel love from me, and I'm not going to be demonstrating any love to him. Uh, same was with my spouse. If I ignore her all the time. She's not going to have any confidence that I love her because I'm not spending time with her. It's, it's important that we spend time with each other. It's important that we spend time with God. And if you truly are experiencing God's love, because you have trusted Jesus as your Savior, and because you're walking with Him, you are not going to be afraid of meeting Him. You can have confidence. Uh, it says, in this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him Kids, have you ever told your grandparents that you love them spouses have you ever told your spouses that you love them or did uh, your friends did you ever tell your family that you love them did you say it because you just wanted them to know that I got this giddy feeling about you I just feel happy when I see you is that why you told them Probably not. You're probably wanting some kind of response on their part. They don't have to say the words, I love you, but you want it to make a difference. You want it to impact their life. I love you, Leslie. That means I want Leslie to feel good around me. I want her to trust me. I want her to have a, a, a confidence that she didn't have before. When I tell you that I love you, I want it to have an impact on your life, uh, whoever you are out there. I want to, you to, to feel like I can, I can go to Josh with my problem, and he's going to listen. I can go to Josh with my secrets, and he'll keep them. I can go to Josh with my concerns and my prayer requests, and Josh will really pray for them. I say I love you. I want it to impact your life. And when it does, it makes it complete. It's doing what it was intended to do. And when we say that God loves, when God tells us that he loves us, he wants it to have an intended result. That we, One of those intended results is that we have confidence standing uh, before God when we die. He doesn't want us on our deathbed afraid, oh no, what am I going to go through? Which I will admit, I've never done that before. So I will, you know, I could be a little bit nervous of what's that process look like of dying, of getting to heaven, of meeting God. But I don't have to be afraid that God's going to yell at me. I don't have to be afraid that God's going to be mad at me because I I trusted him as my savior and I'm walking with him in a right relationship. And God wants you to have that kind of confidence, the kind of love that you can rely on. You know, and the thing is, everybody's going to have to go through it. Everybody is going to die. Uh, Hebrews 9.27 says, Just as man is destined to die once, and after that to face the judgment. You have this picture, it's kind of a, a cool picture. I admit it would look better without the words, because you have a picture of hell, and you have a picture of heaven, and there's a chasm between the two, and you have a choice you have an option to go to either place, but everybody's going to go to one of those places, and we all know that you know uh, this morning uh, some poor rabbit died, which not going to heaven, but everything dies. The kids were out there there's a cat this morning's licking its paws and it's hiding under the gutter thing. the big thing you know it's like everything is going to die. We can look and see that everything's going to die the The leaves are starting to change their colors the 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 beautiful gardens that we have aren't going to be beautiful all year long. We know that death is natural. And the Bible says that everyone is going to die. And everybody's going to face the judgment. Everybody is going to stand before God. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Every single one of us is going to stand. There's two different thrones that we could stand before. The Bema Seat of Christ, which is where you're going to get your rewards for how you lived it your Christian life. All these things that you did for the Lord, God says, here, I want to reward you for what you've done. The unbeliever gets the opposite. Uh, the next slide talks about the, the great white throne judgment, where there's, uh, it says books are going to be opened, the dead are, gonna, is, are going to be judged according to the things that they've done. And then it says, if their name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, they're going to spend eternity in hell forever. There are two options. And God says, I want you to have confidence. I want you to have this love that's reliable, but it's your choice. God doesn't want us to have this kind of fear like, oh, no, he's going to get me. But you guys understand, there is the right kind of fear to have. The dad kind of fear. The the grandpa kind of fear. The mother kind of fear where my kid is obeying me out of respect, out of a choice, but not out of like fear that I'm going to smack him every time he doesn't. But he loves me, so he says, I want to make my dad happy. And that's the kind of love that we need to have, the kind of fear that we need to have for the Lord, is that we want to choose to do what God wants us to do. Not because he's going to get me, but because I respect him for who he is. The love that God is giving us is love that we can rely on. We can take it to the bank. You can just walk around full of confidence that God still loves you and that he will always love you. It's a love that you can have confidence in, that when you die, you stand before God, it's going to be okay. I do not have to be afraid to die. And the third thing we see is you have a love that God wants you to live out. Verses 19 to 21. It says, we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brothers. You can only live out the love God has if you've experienced that love in your own life. By trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior, otherwise you can't. There's a lot of people who run around this world saying, you know what, I love God. And they'll do lots of different things about it. Like they'll, they'll put the bumper stickers on their car. They'll wear big flashy t-shirts. They'll sing the songs. They'll they'll say the words, I love Jesus. But if, if I say I love Jesus, and I do all those kinds of things to try to make the whole world know I love Jesus, but I'm hating my brother, uh, then I am not loving God. They, God's love, loving God and hating man cannot go exist. They do not, in God's book, it just doesn't go that way. But there are people who fit into that category, and I know some. And I, I, I don't understand it. Um, I try, we've tried to explain things like that, but they just have all this hatred about what's in the past and they, they just will never let it go. They can just always, always bring it up. And they're the kind of person who, who can't speak nicely about somebody in the present and they only wor- wish for the worst for that person in the future. And that person would swear on a stack of Bibles that I love God. Nothing about their life says, I love God, but they would put their hand on the Bible and say, I love God. And God says that is not love. You can't hate your brother. You can't hate your whoever. If you do, if you do, then you're not loving me at the same time. Um, you know, everybody's had enemies. Um, I, I have an enemy. I've, I've had enemies. Uh, when I was working at Walmart, everybody's worked at Walmart where I came from. It's not something to be proud of. It's just something everybody does. And I was an unloader, and I worked with like the scariest guys you ever saw. One guy was like a kickboxing champion. I didn't mess with him. He was a, a good guy. He kind of retired at like 28, but he had the scars and the tattoos. He was okay. Um, the guy that was my enemy was the guy that would say, I, I love Jesus. He was, but he was a quirky guy. Um, and one day, he did not like the fact that as, as it stuck, the, the boxes came off the truck, he had to take them and put them on pallets. And he, he just wanted his own pallet all to himself. And he, we were getting behind, so I went over to his side to help him. Did not like that. I went into the truck, so guess what he did? And pretty much everything was gone. He shut it. And he locked it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going. To... <laughs> Where am I going? Because he looked at me like it was an enemy. It's tough to have enemies. But you're going to find them anywhere. And I still had to show this punk love after I got out. I still had to work with him. Not an easy thing to do. God is calling us to show love. Matthew chapter 5 verses 43 to 48. It says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Then it goes on to say, If you love people who love you, What do you do? You've got to be able to love those people who don't love you, because uh, even the unsaved and the, the sinners can love anybody who loves them. Uh, Romans 12.20 says, On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, he will heap burning coals on his head. We show love to people by meeting their needs. They, don't, they can be our enemies. They don't even have to know that we're doing it. Uh, we, can, we can do things to make their lives easier, and they don't even recognize that it was us, but God sees it. He says, love your enemies. Love those difficult people in your life. You can give them a gift. You can help them with the door. They drop something at school and everybody thinks it's funny. You can be that person who picks it up and helps them anyway. They may not turn around and ever say thank you or they appreciate it, but God says do it anyway. You know, we've all heard the words, I love you. And we've all said the words, I love you. We haven't always meant it. We haven't always believed it, but God's love is different. It's love that when, God, when Jesus said it, he said, I love you, he meant it. And it's a love that we can believe and we can be confident in and we can rely on. It's never going to change. He still is going to love me. If I, if I screw up for the umpteenth time, if I, if I give in, if I don't do what he's asked me to do, and I repent and I come back to him, he's still going to forgive me because that's who he is. That's God is love. God meant it, God demonstrated, and God's asking us to show it. And so, I want to encourage you this week that to have confidence that God does love you, have rely on it that, that no matter what is going on, that God is still good, God is still in control, and be confident that whatever happens in life, that um, that God's still loving you, and try to take that love and share it with other people. And if you're struggling, like this guy at Walmart. Ask God to help you, because He will help you to show love to those people. I just want to encourage you uh, that, to live on love. God showed His love to you. Accept that kind of love and share that love with other people. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for the love that you have given to me, that you have demonstrated in my life, God, that you gave me eternal life, that I never asked for, that I never deserved, but you said I'm going to do it anyway. And thank you, God, that you opened up my eyes to send you, Uh, as I need to have you with my Savior so that when I did ask you to save me, you did. God, I know we're going to go through different things throughout this week. Please help us, God, to remember that you loved us. When we face difficult people, please help us to remember to uh, share your love with them anyway. God, because you are such a loving God, a good example of what love is, help us to show that kind of love to others. And I pray this in Jesus' name.